want to draw your attention today to the Word of God and to the 23rd Psalm. Psalm number 23, well-known words of Scripture, and I want to look at them together with you. Let us read the psalm together, reading from verse 1, Psalm number 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. We'll end our reading there. And we know God will bless the public reading of his word to every heart. Let's just unite our hearts together in prayer. and Let us seek the face of God. Let us all pray. Almighty God and Father in heaven, in the holy name of Jesus Christ our Lord and by the merits of his blood, we approach again the throne of grace and of mercy. And, o God, we bow down the living to praise thee. And we worship thee, O God, in the holy trinity of thy sacred persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we come to thee fully aware in our own souls that we come as the mortal before the immortal. We come as the foolish before the infinitely wise. We come as creatures of time before the God of eternity. We come as those that are sinful before one that is immaculate in holiness. And yet, O God, we thank thee that we can come by that new and living way that Christ has consecrated for us through the veil which is to say his flesh. And we thank thee for the blood of our Redeemer that brings us nigh. We thank thee for that sacred fountain of blood that flows from Emmanuel's veins. And when sinners plunge beneath that flood, they lose all their guilt and lose all their stains. And, O oh God, how we rejoice today that we can draw near into thy presence, having read the word of God and coming now to look at it for a season. How we thank thee for the great shepherd of the sheep. How we thank thee for one fold and one shepherd. And, O oh God, we pray today that as we turn to the scriptures, that thou would apply the word to every heart that will hear it. Remember the dear people of Orlando. Remember that city. Remember these days in which they're passing. And we pray, O God, that your hand will be upon them each and every one. We pray, Lord, that as this epidemic goes across our world, this virus, we pray, O God, that it might be used by the Lord to remind us all of our own mortality, that we are but an ever-rolling stream of people who are all born away one by one into eternity. And we pray, O God, that in these days, Many would be wise and consider their latter end. But Father, abide with us now. How we thank thee for Jesus Christ. How we thank thee for our Redeemer. And in these moments we stand by faith into the victory of the cross. And we plead the blood of the Lamb. Praying against every power of darkness. Praying, O God, that over this time around the scriptures, the Holy Ghost will superintend. Control every word. Touch every heart that will hear. And I confess before heaven and God's eternal throne my complete inadequacy to deal with what's before me now in this meeting. 
Empty me now of self and sin, and forgive my sins for their many, and wash me now in the blood of Christ, and fill me now with the Holy Ghost and power. Hear prayer, draw near, we pray, not forgetting those who are sick in these days. Put your hand upon them and answer prayer. And remember the bereaved homes, comfort every heart. Thou who art the God of all grace and the God of all comfort, but abide with us now. As we turn to the scriptures, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Of all the Psalms, there are many who will claim this one to be the best loved Psalm. If not the best loved, certainly the best known. Spurgeon said of this Psalm, This is the pearl of Psalms, whose soft and pure radiance lights every eye. Another writer said of this psalm, it is interesting to note the position of it in our Bibles. It is after the 22nd psalm. And of course the 22nd psalm is the psalm of the cross. And it's only after we read, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me in the 22nd psalm, that any individual can truly say, the Lord is my shepherd. The thought there, of course, is this. Before a soul can truly say that the Lord is my shepherd, they must have first been to the cross. Only when that individual experiences the saving grace of God and knows the value of Christ's blood and the atonement and sees by the eye of faith the sword awake against the shepherd, only then does an individual know the sweetness of the shepherd's care. You see, every redeemed soul, every blood-bought believer, from wherever they are in this world, can say, the Lord is my shepherd. Another writer, Matthew Henry, that great Bible commentator, minister of religion in England, many years ago said of this psalm, it will be sung by Christians with pleasure and satisfaction while the world stands as we know it today. And so we turn to this psalm, a psalm known by young and old the world over. And I want to speak today in a message that I've entitled, quite simply, Truths to be Gleaned from the Shepherd's Psalm. Truths to be Gleaned from the Shepherd's Psalm. The first thing I want to show you is this. What is a shepherd? What is a shepherd? Well, as you would know, a shepherd in the farming world is someone who tends to a flock of sheep. He's someone that's responsible to protect that flock from attack. He's responsible to feed that flock. He's responsible to lead that flock. He would defend that flock. And bearing in mind the one who penned this psalm was David, always remember that before David was a king in Israel, before he was the great soldier that undoubtedly he was, David was a shepherd. Cast your mind back in the scriptures to that day in 1 Samuel 16 when Jesse comes to, or when Samuel comes to the house of Jesse to anoint one of his sons to be the next king of Israel. And one by one, Jesse's sons come in front of Samuel and the Lord says no. And Samuel says unto Jesse, Are, are, are here all thy children? And he said, There remaineth yet the youngest. And behold, he keepeth the sheep. Of course, he was speaking about David. Well, there was that other day when David was a young man. 
in 1 Samuel 17. And Goliath has come to the camp of Israel and he's taunting Israel. And Saul wouldn't let David go to fight with Goliath. But to answer Saul's protest that David wasn't able to match this giant, David said to Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep. A lion and a bear came against my sheep, took a lamb, but I rose up and delivered the lamb out of its mouth. Oh yes, understand, dear people, David was a shepherd before he was ever a king, before he was ever a soldier. A shepherd in the agricultural realm would also do something else. He would go after the wandering sheep, bringing it safely to the fold. A shepherd is a, is a skilled employment. Let me say something else about a shepherd in those days. Shepherds in the Eastern custom, they didn't go home at night. They stayed with the sheep. Where the sheep were, the shepherd was. Luke, Luke's gospel, even in the, those days of the birth of our Lord, makes that so clear. And Luke 2 verse 8 where we read, They were in the same country, shepherds abiding in the field. Shepherds abiding in the field, do you see it? Watching over their flock by night. But the word abiding by night in those moments of danger, the darkness. The shepherd was there. That's what a shepherd is. He's someone that abides with the sheep. But who is this shepherd secondly in view in this psalm? Well, David sums it up in the first line. The Lord is my shepherd. Jesus Christ being a shepherd, when we think about our day in which we're living, and every Christian that's listening to us can say that Jesus Christ is your shepherd. But David says here in this psalm, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Now that theme of the Lord being a shepherd, it's a theme that runs throughout the book. Let me show you some of the times it's spoken about. That great Old Testament prophet Zechariah, when speaking about the cross of our Lord, he said, Awake, O sword, against my shepherd and against the man that is my fellow. The Lord himself declared it in his own ministry in John 10, I am the good shepherd. Peter when speaking to the elders, he said this to them in 1 Peter 5 verse 4, And when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. And Paul himself, when writing to the Hebrew believers, he mentioned it. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant. And this thought of our Lord being a shepherd, as the psalm declares, it's a thought that runs throughout the book. But as I've said at the beginning, it's because of the cross that Christ is our shepherd. Because think of what our Lord said in John 10 again. John 10, verse 11, we have the words of our Savior, I am the good shepherd, the good shepherd give of his life, for the sheep. Speaking about that day when he would die. Speaking about that day when Zachariah's prophecy would be fulfilled. And the sword would awake against my shepherd. And therefore were Christ's sheep by redemption. 
And we are now in the care and shepherding of Christ, who's the good shepherd, the chief shepherd, and the great shepherd. Always understand, dear brother, sister, and Christ. The father entrusted the sheep to his son, and the son will one day present all the sheep to his father, and he won't lose any of them. He won't lose any of them. Jude shows us that. That little epistle before the book of the Revelation, Jude 24, it says this, Now unto him that's able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding great joy. Dear believer, there is a day coming when Jesus Christ will present all his sheep before the Father. All that flock that was entrusted to him, that he gave his life for, that he led and guided and preserved, as we're going to see, there is coming a day for every one of us that Christ will present us faultless before the Father. He who kept us from falling will present us one day faultless before the Father, before his glory, with exceeding great joy. But what that brings me thirdly to this. What does it mean to have Christ as a shepherd? What does it mean to have Christ as a shepherd? Well, I want you to think a wee bit about this with me. Firstly, as I've already hinted at and already said, we have been purchased. That's what it means. You see, sheep by nature in the agricultural realm, they are not wild creatures. That's just a fact. Somebody owns sheep. Sheep are not wolves or foxes or badgers. They don't run wild. They don't go hunting for their prey. Somebody owns sheep. And that is the exact same with us, dear people. We are owned. We're not our own. We've been purchased. Christ bought us with his own blood. You think of those great words in 1 Corinthians 6 verse 20. When Paul reminds a Corinthian believer, you were bought with a price. You were redeemed. Our bodies, our lives were purchased by the blood of Christ. In 1 Corinthians 7, Paul even spells it out to them. You're bought with a price. And of course, we all know what that price was. The precious blood of Christ. Dear believer, your great shepherd, purchased you not with silver and gold but with the precious blood that he shed it was at the cross it was as atonement was made that the very price of our redemption was paid christ died brother sister to make you and me his own thus we can say the lord is my shepherd because of the cross because he purchased us he purchased us. But Christ is also a personal shepherd. Look at the wording of the psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. Verse 1. I shall not want. Verse 1. Verse 2. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Verse 5. Thou preparest a table before me. In the presence of mine enemies. Oh dear believer do you see it? Though the Lord has a, has a flock. That no man can number. 
Yet he's a personal shepherd to every one of us. He's my shepherd. He leads me. He leads you. He guides us. He does all this for us. Because he purchased us. Let me show you something else that it means to have Christ as your shepherd. Not only have we been purchased, we will be provided for. Let me say something else on that. A sheep is a dependent creature. I mentioned that a moment ago. A sheep wouldn't go hunting. But the psalmist here says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And the thought is, I will not want that for which I need, because the Lord provides for me. You see, it was the duty of a shepherd in the agricultural realm, going back there, to provide for that flock that he guarded and guided. And David knows it, that in the spiritual realm, that the one that purchased him by his blood would provide for him all that he needed. The Lord is my shepherd, therefore I shall not want. Dear believer, you can say it. I won't need that which I need. Or I won't be wanting that which I need. Verse 2. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. The thought is there of the Lord feeding the sheep. Food for the soul. Causes them to be fed. Feeds us by his word. Peter spoke about the new converts. And if there's any new converts listening to this. It's the will of your shepherd. It's the will of your Redeemer. It's the will of your Savior that you desire the sincere milk of the Word that you may grow thereby. You might grow to be strong and do exploits for the shepherd that redeemed you and purchased you. Feed the sheep. The Lord ordained the Christian ministry that sheep might be fed. But also in this thought of provision, the sheep will be led. Look at verse 3 of the psalm. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his own name's sake. And verse 2, he leadeth me beside the still waters. The Lord leads us. He goes before us. He never drives us. He never pushes us. He goes before us. Those still waters of inner peace. Still waters of a conscience at rest. As the Holy Ghost witnesses with our spirit that we have peace with God. Still waters of communion with God. Still waters of a great calm which the Lord brings. Oh dear believer, see it here. Because you've been purchased, you'll be provided for. You'll be provided in, in that you'll be cared for. You'll be fed. You'll be guided. But another thought of this provision. He restoreth my soul. It's part of the provision. He restoreth my soul. The Lord revives. The Lord refreshes. It's all in those words. The Lord restores my soul. See, when you think about it, nothing wanders away like a sheep. And yet the shepherd's never content to have 99. The true shepherd will never want to lose any of his sheep in the agricultural realm. 
But the shepherd that we have, our Lord Jesus, won't ever lose any of his sheep. He rescues them. He brings them back. He restores them. He brings us all from our foolish ways. He restores my soul. It's all in the thought of provision. And maybe as I preach this message, am I speaking to one and you've got away? And you're not walking with the Lord as once you did. Oh, my friend, see that part of the provision of the shepherd is that he restores us. He goes and gets us. He revives us. And maybe as I'm preaching this sermon right now, the Lord is applying it to a backslider and you're seeing your need for restoration. Dear brother, sister, the Lord restores the soul. He restores the years the locust have eaten. It's all part of this provision that the shepherd gives to the sheep. Look at verse 6 of the psalm. Goodness and mercy shall follow me. The goodness of the shepherd, the mercy of the shepherd. The shepherd that we have, our Lord, he's plenteous in mercy. He's rich in mercy. He's tender in mercy. He's the fountain of mercies. His mercies are new every morning. They're from everlasting to everlasting. And the psalmist is telling every believer here in this great psalm, the goodness of God and the mercy of God will follow you every day of your life. Oh, it's all in the provision that the shepherd has made for the sheep. We've been purchased, will be provided for. Just two of the things that it means to have Christ as your shepherd. But there's another thing I want you to note that you have because Christ is your shepherd. And as this, you will be preserved. You will be preserved. Look at verse 5 with me of the psalm. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Now I want you to note that. The believer has enemies. A multiplicity of them. The world, the flesh and the devil. And just as in the agriculture realm, sheep have enemies. There's wolves out there. There's foxes out there. There's lions. There's all those creatures that would love to make a prey of the sheep. So it is in the spiritual realm. But the thought is, you see, in the agriculture realm, and let me say this, and not an, an agricultural shepherd, a shepherd in that realm, may, I say may, in spite of all his diligence, lose a sheep. The wolf might come at a moment when the shepherd is tending to something else. The wolf might come at a moment and take him unawares. But ah, my dear friend, it's not so in the spiritual realm. And let every Christian understand that. Christ never has and Christ never will lose a sheep. Christ is our shepherd. The powers of darkness are our enemies. They seek to devour. It's all seen there in the scriptures. But the security, dear brother, sister, that we enjoy, the security of the flock of God is never found in the sheep. It's always found in the shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. You see, for a sheep to be taken, again, come back to the 
agricultural realm for a sheep to be taken and lost the shepherd has to be overcome as i've already said in spite of all the shepherd's diligence he might lose a sheep a wolf might come at a moment when he's not expecting but it can't happen in the spiritual realm it can't happen when christ is our shepherd because our shepherd can't be overcome think of his attributes think of the attributes brother or sister of your holy lord who is your shepherd your shepherd can't be overpowered because he's omnipotent it means he's unlimited in power he can't be outmaneuvered by the enemy because he's omnipresent and he can't be outthought he can't be deceived because he's omniscient oh dear brother sister think about your shepherd you can't deceive somebody that knows everything christ's omniscient you can't overpower someone that's omnipotent and you can't outmaneuver somebody that's omnipresent thus the safety of the flock of god the sheep of his pasture is secure because of who the shepherd is never because of the wisdom of the sheep because we all lack wisdom we're all foolish and off to stray but the preservation and the security of the sheep of the flock of god is always and only in our shepherd the lord is our shepherd rest there brother rest there sister you say how am i going to get through this maybe you think down the quarter of time and you see something coming in your life and you think that's going to be hard that's going to be difficult oh my dear brother or sister understand this christ is your shepherd you'll not want he'll preserve you he'll go before you he'll make the crooked way straight he'll bring the mountain to a plain thinking about the shepherd here did you ever ask yourself when you think about this why a backslider one that has truly been saved one that has truly been christ's child would never truly be happy in the world did you ever ask yourself that seen in the psalm because the shepherd sees them still as his sheep and he seeks to bring them back those sheep that he has purchased christ as the shepherd will never allow his true sheep to fall and to remain there and to be happy in that condition he cares too much for them the security of the flock of god of the sheep of his pasture is without any doubt in the shepherd of that flock the one that the father entrusted the sheep to there's no greater security brother or sister than to have christ as your shepherd think of what john our lord said those words recorded in john 10 my sheep oh what a statement 
My flock, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Do you see it? Because nobody's able to pluck them out of his hand. Nobody's able to. Because the sheep of God, the sheep of his pasture, are under the security of the good and the great and the chief shepherd. What about this finally, as we bring this to a close, what about finally the scope of Christ's shepherding? The scope of Christ's shepherding. Well, look at verse 1 with me where it starts. The Lord is my shepherd. As we've already noted, it all begins with redemption. Then there's a journey through life. He restores my soul. He leads me through uh, beside still waters. He leads me to lie down in green pastures. But then death comes in verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why, brother? Why, sister? Why is there no fear? Because the shepherd's still there. The shepherd is still with you. And then verse 6. And. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It began in those words, the Lord is my shepherd. And it ends in heaven. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In these days in which we're passing, we all miss getting to the house of God. Oh, my friend, let me tell you of a house of God where there's no virus. Let me tell you of a heavenly home where there's no sickness, there's no virus, there's no pain. And it's the very scope of the psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. And then there's the leading through life. And there's into death's valley. And then there's into the house of the Lord forever. And when David is speaking about the house of the Lord in verse 6, he's not speaking about the temple in Jerusalem. He's speaking about Jerusalem the Golden. He's speaking about that city whose builder and maker is God. The scope of this psalm, the scope of the shepherding of Christ, it involves life, it involves death, and it involves eternity because the scope of Christ's shepherding is eternal as Christ is eternal. The Lord loses none of his sheep. His goodness and his mercy follow them all their days. And then they go to dwell in the house of the Lord forever through death's folly. The shepherd takes them. Think of the old hymn, as the hymn writer said, When I tread the verge of Jordan, bid my anxious fears subside. Death of death and hell's destruction. Land me safe on Canaan's side. And songs of praises, songs of praises. I will ever give to thee. Christ the great shepherd. The good shepherd. The chief shepherd. He's purchased us brother, sister. He'll provide for us. He'll preserve us. 
and he'll preserve us till the water rolls its waters at our feet. And then he'll bear us safely over, made by grace for glory made. Let me close with a word to any unsaved listening. Because the sad reality is of the world in which we live that not everybody has a shepherd. They're like lost sheep. They're in a wild howling wilderness. They're in the miry clay. Under the control of the devil deceived by him. Seeking peace and pleasure in the things of the world where it never can be found. And I say to any that are listening without Christ. Ah my friend you have no shepherd. But hear the voice of the shepherd to you today. Come unto me. All ye that labour and are heavy laden, burdened down with sin, come unto me and I will give you rest. Rest that leads to eternal rest. It's all in Christ. That blood of Christ that we spoke of earlier in the message. My friend, you come to Christ today, he'll wash you. He'll cleanse you. He'll bring you into his fold and he'll keep you and he'll present you faultless before the Father with exceeding joy at the last day. Will you come to him? Will you seek him? And you who are listening that are saved, rejoice in your shepherd. The good shepherd in redemption, the great shepherd in the resurrection, and the chief shepherd that's returning and returning for his flock. May God write his word on every heart and may God bless it to every soul. Father, take your word, apply it by the Spirit, write it indelibly in every heart, glorify your Son this day, let all that's been of Tom Laverty fall to the ground, for it's useless. But let all that's been of thee live on in every heart. Bless it, apply it. Bless the little flock in Orlando. Keep your hand upon them. And all your people in these days in which we're passing. And Lord, abide with us now. And continue with us. And spread your covering wings abroad. Till all of our wanderings do cease. And that our Father's blessed abode, may all of our souls arrive in peace. And until then, may grace, mercy and peace from Father, Son and Spirit be with you all today and forevermore. Amen.